Hi, it's Brian Denton with PROACT. Over the past few days, we've hosted roundtable discussions with food service distribution leaders to explore ways that the industry is changing to meet unexpected challenges. During these conversations on business resiliency, customer service, risk management, and navigating business with limited resources, we heard experiences, expertise, and lessons learned of industry leaders during the COVID-19 crisis, the effects it had on their business, and how they responded. We've put these conversations into this multi-part podcast, which we're releasing over the next few days, starting now with part one of three from a conversation on business resiliency. We start with Proact's VP of Client Services, Christy Waters, introducing the topic and the guests. We wanted to focus on our next series on how distribution is looking at a post-COVID world. So we've built a series of panels with not just our distributors, but our suppliers and other industry experts to discuss the future of food service and then how each of our organizations can respond as well as rebuild, um, frankly, in a cohesive and coherent way. So I wanna thank everyone that's able to participate in these calls and for sharing your stories as well as being open to the conversation itself. So, you know, why are we here today? Why are we talking? From an industry networking standpoint with distributors and friends of PROACT to bring the groups together in a shared group standpoint, but also go through industry challenges like supply chain resilience, changing customers' wants and needs, you know, keeping continuity in our businesses in this new world, and then also brainstorming positively about the impact of supply chain as well as the future of distribution. You know, some of the topics that have come out of the conversations that we've had with each other internally is uncertainty in supply chain, you know, the navigation of business with limited resources that we have, you know, looking at risk management, and on our last call that we did, it was about the customer and consumer experience and what we're doing to pivot our businesses to meet those needs. And today's call with our group of panelists is going to be specifically about resiliency in our business itself. So for our moderator, we have Bob Riddle from Riddle Business Advisory. We're also going to have Greg Rowe, who is CEO of Hardy's Fresh Foods of Dallas, Texas. Joan DeLeo, president of Old Time Produce in St. Louis, Missouri, co-founder, president, and CEO of Analytically, Jana. So I'd like to hand it over to Bob, and Bob will take the conversation for us to discuss about resiliency in business. So thanks, Bob, and thank you guys again for participating in this call. Great. Thanks, Christy. Uh, as Christy said, first, uh, what I'd like to do is go around the, uh, around the group and just do a brief intro, and so I'll start. Um, I have bounced back and forth between consulting roles and operator roles uh, for about 35 years or so, maybe I guess more than that even, um, with executive positions at Anderson Consulting, Arthur Anderson, Perot Systems, uh, and a couple of other companies that you might not have heard of. My food service experience includes implementing a um, order fulfillment shared service company for H.J. Hines. Uh, and also a couple of CIO gigs, uh, CIO at Bruno's Supermarkets when we um, uh, separated them from Bilo, and then uh, also CIO uh, for Accent Food Services, which is a, a distributor to micromarkets and vending machine platforms. I've also owned a couple of restaurants and managed a couple of uh, multi-unit restaurant chains, uh, and fortunately sold my last the relatively small restaurant chain just before the COVID-19 fun and games. So I am happily on the sidelines from that perspective and, and uh, not uh, scrambling like you folks are. Um, so uh, happy, to, happy to be here and have the opportunity to moderate this conversation. Uh, now, if, um, 
maybe uh, Joan, if you would uh, do a brief introduction for yourself. Yeah, so I um, am the president of Old Time Produce. I uh, have been in, uh, in the family part of the business for the last 31 years. Um, so I started at the very, um, doing, you know, everything from the very basics in the company all the way up. Um, along the way, I will tell you, this is the most unexpected spot I would have ever thought I was going to be in. And I frequently refer to myself as the unlikely entrepreneur. Um, I got my MBA in 1993 and thought I was, you know, stopping over at my dad's business. And uh, from 88 to 93, I thought I was going to be leaving and moving on to something different. And uh, so as you can do the math, that was many, many years ago. Um, uh, the industry um, for me has just always stayed exciting. Um, it's different every day, lots of challenges. I certainly didn't think I was going to be facing um, the situations that we've faced recently. But um, there is something about the people and the passion and the ever-changing environment of this industry that just caught my attention and snuck up on me and engulfed me, and here I am today. So I'm um, happy to be with all of you today. Great, thanks, Joan. Uh, Jana, would you like to go next, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Jana Fieldworth. I am president and CEO of Analytically. Um, Analytically, in short, we're a workforce analytics company. Uh, we focus on analytics that balance organizations' labor versus demand. Um, my background is actually in labor and labor management systems. And time and time again, we would see uh, that labor data and business data, though critical to one another, seem siloed and inefficient to get insights out of. So that's really the, the genesis behind analytically and what we wake up solving for every single day. Um, now more than ever, given the, the climate during and post COVID-19 and uh, we're just seeing so many organizations battling with how do you balance uh, changes in demand uh, to the, the, the labor force that they need. Excited to participate today, Bob. Thanks. Great. Thank you. And certainly last but certainly not least, Greg, would you like to make a little intro, please? Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Greg Rowe. Um, I've been in the uh, fresh food business for about 40 years, so I want to say since I was about five now. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a crazy business, but uh, I'm a CEO of Hardy's Fresh Foods. We're in Texas, uh, Dallas, Austin, and Houston, Texas. Um, we've uh, kind of been diversifying over the last few years from being strictly produce into other fresh food items, and including proteins and cheeses and various other things. And then the pre-COVID world, we're on a good path with that. And then uh, suddenly we wake up one day and we're not in Kansas anymore. And um, it's uh, something I never had anticipated of the economy shutting down and everything, but that's where we all find ourselves right now. And so I'm uh, glad to be here today and glad to be able to talk about it a little bit. Thank you. Great. Thank you. So I thought a good place to start in the in the conversation would be to get a level set on what is business resilience. And so maybe if each of you could spend a few minutes on what it means to you in your business context to think of business resilience and maybe at a high level how you how you might have 
your view of business resilience might have changed as a result of this COVID-19. We'll dive into the details of what you're doing with it and where you are in the process. I'm kind of looking for what did you think business resilience was six months ago and how has that changed in the course of the, of the uh, pandemic? And Jana, uh, in this case, maybe you can go first. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Bob. Um, I think uh, bu business resilience to me um, means not only the ability to react quickly, but resilience is what are the assets that you have behind you that enable you to react quickly, right? I think especially given the uh, transformation that COVID-19 has forced on so many companies, um, it's kind of exposed those that have had the team and tools that are able to react nimbly uh, compared to folks that just have the team or just have the tools. So resilience to me isn't just um, the, the ability to react, but it's really the mindset and the assets that you have to be able to react. And I probably come at this from a, more of a, a, a technical team and tools perspective, given the business that Analytically is in. Uh, so one of the things that we've seen is for those customers that have invested into an infrastructure that can provide data and insights, they are weathering the storm a bit better because they have better data to make uh, decisions about their labor and demand. And for others that were thinking about it, but maybe hadn't made that investment yet, uh, I think it's expediting their decision and their movement towards it. Um, but then I'm really excited for the discussion today because you know we're on here with thought leaders that are are well positioned and are, have probably made good wise investments in team and tools. So for me, it's it's not just a mindset; it's not just the the assets behind it. It's kind of all of it together. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, um, Greg, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, those are all good good thoughts as well. Uh, you know, to me, resilience is uh, just, you know, it's uh, how quickly you return to your steady state or your normal state um, from a major disruption um, using using the assets and the tools that you have available, the data, uh, really your team. And uh, to me, the most important thing is just having a process that's uh, documented, uh, which we had, but our resilience plan was really built around um, temporary disruptions. You know, we tornado or a hurricane hits hits our Houston facility, or a tornado in Dallas, or something like that, and we have plans for how we take care of our business and move forward. Um, we certainly feel a gap. Our our resilience plan did not include all of our customer base shutting down at the same time and uh, in all in all three of our major cities. So we've learned a lot through this, uh, been able to uh, kind of forge a new path. But um, yeah, I think using, using the tools and everything uh, as was previously stated and then how quickly can you get your business back to normal, whatever the new normal is gonna be. Yep, good. And and I would I would endeavor to to and we can dive into this in some more detail. So I'll just plant a little bit of a seed here. I would imagine we're not at the new normal, right? Things are still changing pretty rapidly in the whole world, certainly the the food world. And so one of the things I will probably uh, I'll try to come back to after we give Joan a chance to to give her definition is 
kind of where are you all in the process? And given that it's kind of a, a moving target that you're continuing to have to re-aim at. But hold that thought. Um, Joan, maybe you could share with us your thoughts on how you viewed resilience previously and how that might have changed. Yeah, I think uh, in my mind, I think everybody has a definition of resilience. And in mine, it, it really was uh, kind of centered on something Greg said, which was like staying power. Um, um, but it also, I think, when you have major disruption like we had, I think the other thing that resilience reveals is, um, or just that what's revealed is the resilience of all the people that are in your organization. Um, and so, and, and how quickly can you reinvent? So resilience also always meant to me some sort of reinvention because there isn't a company um, today, not even, not the ones on the phone and not other companies who are the same company they were 30 years ago. And part of that has to do with re resilience. The difference was, as Greg pointed out, most of the time we're dealing with something that happens and disrupts for a short term. This, this was a completely different, um, you know, event that was much more major. No, one's, no one had a plan for a complete shutdown of all of their customers by law. Uh, and so that was a different uh, situation. But certainly in my mind, um, we just saw extraordinary things. Um, we saw extraordinary resilience in our team and in in the way we came together, in the way that we pivoted um, to all those different things we had to do to still be here today. Good. Uh, you know, let me let me come back and dig into that a little bit because I I think there's uh, I hope there's some good lessons learned there. I know you all are in the middle of ongoing change, and um, uh, Joan and uh, and Greg, you both mentioned that you know typical business resilience plans anticipate an event that has to be reacted to, and then you kind of get back to doing business. But we're in a different world here. And I'm curious on your thoughts about where you are from the perspective of being able to execute resilience, given that the traditional model is kind of recognize an event, um, evaluate the impact, have an initial response, adapt, and settle into the, into the um, uh, settling back into normal operation. Uh, thoughts, and Greg, I'll ask you first, since you were the first one that brought it up. Kind of where do you see your company in that process, and what do you think is likely to happen over the course of the next three, six, 12 months? Yeah, so I think the uh, the first stage is, as you said, the planning, the impact, the response, that we, we uh, kind of got through those uh, fairly quickly. We're kind of in the uh, looking at new opportunities and how to capitalize on them. Uh, but that last that last part, the new steady state, the new the new normal, if you will, I don't think any of us, uh, as long as you know we're we're still at uh, my customers are allowed to be open at fifty percent, so we're not going to see maybe this year what we would call settle into some kind of a new normal, and uh, so I think it this is going to be an ongoing process of continuing to look for new opportunities and uh, trying to capitalize on those as you, you know, almost from the day we shut down, I've been talking about, we're shutting down today. The next day we started talking about the reboot. I've been calling it the reboot. 
you know, your computer doesn't work right, you, you reboot it, and sometimes that fixes it. If it doesn't, that's the extent of my uh, IT background. So, but, but uh, <laughs> it, you know, we, we uh, as bad as this is, it, it does give us the opportunity, if you will, to reboot the business and look at things. Uh, we have time now to look at things and say what's not been working well and and try to help create that new reality, that new steady state, the, the new normal for us. Okay, good. Thank you. Joan, how, how are you thinking of the, of the adaptation process, for lack of a better term? So I think of the adaptation process um, to what the new normal will be uh, is much more fluid. I think that in a weird way, um, for whatever reason, um, we thought of um, lanes of business and sort of a, like you'd look at a pie chart almost like, and there was this much food service and there was this much, you know, hospital or whatever. Um, now I think of those lines as uh, is almost different. I think of them as um, not lines, so not not uh, more like waves, ocean waves or something. Um, very very fluid because I think what's happened, we've had to stretch the organization. We've had to go out and make new connections. We've had to go out and find areas that we didn't know anything about, nothing zero of that part of that business. But there is different. There are a lot of uh, ways we we had to start looking at our businesses. These are the assets we have. We were you know we state of the art facility with this with that. What else could we use those for if it wasn't what we were doing originally? Because that's non-existent or at 25% or whatever it was at at the time. And um, it is fascinating what we've learned. And it's so so we just it's it's so, sort of like we took all the boundaries off. And um, and we've adapted and, and started reimagining what we could do with this, what with the people and the and the assets that we had. And that's been the most um, interesting thing to come out of. I think um, learning to adapt is that we all look at the business so much differently. Um, you know, we're not. You know, are we going to be five more percent in that category? Are we going to try to get this customer? You know down in terms of the percent of their business, that kind of thing. We just, none of that mattered anymore. What mattered was looking at it completely differently. Um, and it's caused us to go out and seek different things and different relationships. Yeah, good. I, and, and I'm going to come back to this one too, because I know, I know both, um, both um, parties and old time have, have done some creative things in terms of looking for new, new revenue channels. And I do want to talk a little bit about how you thought through and executed that process. But before I get too far ahead, I want to get Jana's thought on the, on the process of um, where you are in your adaptation to those changes. Yeah, I, I want to piggyback off of what Joan said. I completely agree with you, Joan. Uh, one of the major themes that we're hearing, uh, you know, across our customers, but then also for ourselves is how this, pandemic has uh, invited every employee into thinking like a business owner. I mean, I, I feel like now more than ever before, I have uh, people in, in, in departments that have, you know, not typically cross-functional roles, uh, thinking more cross-functionally than ever before, thinking about the income statement 
more than ever before. You know, our, our, our engineering team is thinking about how can we better serve customers in light of the questions that they're asking and, and struggling with. Um, so uh, as, as much as this, this has caused just such tragedy on, on certain businesses and it's, and it's been very, very tough for our country, I also look forward to the months, years, quarters, and in the future of impact on, on how people are thinking. Um, so, so I, from my perspective, where we're at in the process is um, uh, really focusing in. I think for us, COVID-19 has impacted our business in focusing more than ever before. Um, uh, we will and will always continue to provide kind of broad view workforce analytics, but in light of COVID-19 with, uh, I, I like what you said, Joan, the, the tidal waves of demand, uh, constantly fluctuating and thinking about how our customers have to reinvent or rethink their businesses, labor versus demand has become a focus and a focal point for us. Thanks for joining us. Come back tomorrow for part two of this discussion. Make sure to subscribe to hear all four conversations and take a look at our earlier podcast series, Food Service in Crisis, with leaders from Food Service Concepts showing how their companies are adapting to the shifting landscape.